Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again. Steve Wilson back here continuing our journey through the book of Matthew. We're getting close to the end. We're just about, uh, hopefully we're going to finish up chapter 26, and then we've just got 27 and 28 to go. And then, uh, then we're done. Not sure where we're going from there, but I hope you've been following along. I hope you've been enjoying it. Um, I've, I've said many times, Matthew's my favorite book in the Bible. I love studying through Matthew. It's always been an encouragement to me. And every time I go through it, I find new stuff that uh, just lifts me up and kind of gets me going. So we're down to, let's see, verse 69. Jesus has now been arrested. They have taken him before the high priest. And, um, of course, are questioning him. And uh, the disciples have left or have departed. They've abandoned Jesus. But interestingly, as we see here, um, beginning of verse 69, Peter circles back. I'm not sure where the others went during this period of time. Maybe they were in the vicinity as well. The Bible doesn't really talk about that much, but it does focus in on Peter, and it talks about this denial that we're all pretty familiar with. So um, Matthew gives his account of the denial, and in verse 69 it says, Now Peter sat without in the palace. So, as I said, Peter comes back around. He, he, he's de- he's uh, deserted Jesus, but he's starting to feel guilty about it, I think. And so he kind of hangs out in the fringes. He wants to see what's going on. I, I don't know what's going through his mind at this point. I'm not sure what he's thinking, quite honestly. Uh, because he doesn't boldly step forward or do anything like that. I don't think he has any intention of doing anything of that nature. But he's been following Jesus for several years now. And, uh, of course, he wants to see what happened. And and remember, Peter's the one that drew the sword and and cut off Malchus's ear and tried to defend Jesus. So Peter is... um, you know, Peter's really, he, he's starting, he's getting worked up about this whole situation. So anyway, he's kind of hanging around, you know, in the background, sort of trying to see what's going on. But unfortunately, somebody recognizes him. And a damsel came into him saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. And notice what Peter does, of course, his first denial. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. So 
you know, when she points them out, um, she draws attention to them, and there are several other people who are thereabouts, and it appears that they may have turned to try and see what his response was. Maybe somebody else thought they might recognize him, don't know. But anyway, the response is before all of them. He's, he says, wait, hold on. No, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't know why you're accusing me. I have no idea where this is coming from. But you got the wrong guy. So in verse uh, 71... Well, 70, but he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. 71, and when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and said unto him that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, so she's making a positive ID. I mean, he tries to get away. He's, you know, inside, and these people are beginning to recognize him, and so he's thinking, Within himself, like I, you know, I gotta blow this pop stand. I, I gotta get away from here. These people are starting to recognize who I am. They're gonna blow my cover. Um, I'm, I've, I've got to scoot. So he goes outside somewhere, and he says he's out on the porch. I don't know the dimensions of the the gathering. I don't know exactly how far away it was, how many people there were. I don't know any of those details. I just know. He left the room and <clears throat> goes outside, and lo and behold, another lady out there recognizes him um, and says, "Hey, this is this is the guy that was with Jesus." Well, now it's getting a little more serious because this person is positive he was with Jesus, and you know. When I, you know, you look back at this thing, isn't that the way it should be? When we go out into the world, wouldn't it be great if somebody, whenever they came across you, said, oh, you're that guy that's with Jesus. You're that, you're that religious guy. You're that Christian. I'd love to be identified that way, but obviously we, uh, most of us don't have that luxury. I'd love to be identified with Jesus Christ the way Peter was. But, of course, Peter's trying to conceal himself, and uh, he's fulfilling prophecy, of course, because Jesus has already told him, you're going to deny me thrice before the cock crows in the morning. And so now he's got even more attention, and so he's thinking, you know, I've got I've to be a little more forceful about this. I've got to do something to cause these people to leave me alone. And so it says... And he denied them, and he uh, and again he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. So now here he's using uh, unfavorable language. Uh, in other words, he's I don't know if he's using what we would term curse words. Um, I, I'm not quite sure exactly how this is coming across, but but it's coming across as something that is. Um, Less than Christian. Less than not the way a Christian should respond. But that's what he's trying to do. He's now trying to identify with the others in the crowd. Say, no, 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 you got the wrong guy. And then he so he so he's thinking in his mind, I gotta do something to make them think I'm one of them. And and so of course he begins to speak as they speak. And isn't that funny 
how that's what Christians tend to do when we drift away from God. We begin to pick up the habits of the world. We begin to identify with the world. And it always cracks me up when we run into testings and trials and that sort of thing. Instead of running towards God, we run away from God. Instead of running towards church, we run away from church. Instead of reading more Bible, we read less Bible. Instead of praying more, we pray less. Just kind of blows me away, and I'm not I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. It's it's like that, you know, when you point your finger at somebody else, you get three fingers pointing right back at you. Uh, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. We we want to adopt the ways of the world. We want to look like the world because we're trying to disguise who we are. We don't want people to know that you know I'm a Jesus freak. I don't want people to be uncomfortable around me. Isn't that the way of the world today? Isn't that our, our woke culture in which we live? That we don't want the world to think that we're Christians? My goodness, that's, you know, that's just terrible. It's okay if they want to identify us as, as liberal, as gay, um, as adulterers. Those things are all acceptable as drunkards. The world accepts all of that nowadays. The one thing they don't accept is Christianity. You're welcome, you know, in most circles. If you're one of the things that the Bible condemns, but you're not welcome in the world if you're a Christian and if you want to proclaim Christ and talk about Jesus. People don't like to hear that. Nobody likes to hear about their sin. Nobody likes to realize or accept the fact that there's nothing we can do to get to heaven. We can't work our way in. We can't be good enough. So anyway, that's what's going on with Peter. And folks, that's what goes on with you and I all the time when we begin to drift away from, from Christ. So now he's denied him twice. And this time he's being more forceful and he's being more blunt and he's being more worldly about his denial. Now, I don't know if he convinced these folks, but in verse 73, it says, And after a while, I guess they left him alone for a little bit, uh, came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Okay, so, which, you know, by the way, we're well into the night, getting close to morning. In fact, the next couple of verses talks about, you know, the next day. And uh, so this, this whole thing has been going on for a while, and they continue to question Jesus and, and um, you know, usher him around to, from this person to the next. And, and they levy these accusations and all the false things uh, against him. And um, so we're working our way towards morning. But one of them, then, you know, some of the people, they, they heard Peter, they're listening to Peter, Maybe the ones that, you know, he's tried to convince that he's not with Jesus, aren't they're not fully convinced, and so they're just going to hang out and listen and see what happens. And the more they hear Peter talk, there's apparently a dialect or something, or, or just maybe he says some things that, you know, we as Christians, uh, religious speak kind of stuff, you know, buzzwords that we may use that Peter has probably picked up and is using and doesn't really realize it but whatever the case is whatever he's saying or how he's saying it whatever he's doing audibly 
causes these people to say, look, we know you're with Jesus, you talk like he talks. Maybe, it, like I said, maybe it's a, a dialect that comes from that particular region around Galilee, um, I, or maybe it's just Christian speak. One of the two um, has convinced all the people around that Peter was in fact with Jesus. Then began he to curse and to swear. Okay, so now he's really he's doubling down. Now he's not just speaking by an oath. He's he's cursing and he's swearing. He says, saying, I know not the man. Look, people, I'm telling you, and he's using foul language. He's using words that, you know, Christians wouldn't speak that nobody ought to speak, but he's using them, and he's uh, trying to use them to uh, emphasize the fact that, that he doesn't know Christ. And then it says, and immediately the cock crew. Right away, Peter knows what's going on. Now he remembers. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. All right, so Peter suddenly realizes that, you know, what Jesus said has now come true. He, you know, he's the one that told Jesus, look, though I die, I'll, I'll be with thee. I won't deny thee. And yet he does. So he realizes that he's, he's, he's not who he thinks he is, that he can't do anything under his own power. I think that a lot of that's the reason this happened with Peter. I think Jesus pushes us to a break point oftentimes in order to cause us in order to, for him to get us through it and prepare us for the job, the task that we have ahead, because Peter becomes a leader now among the apostles and does some wondrous things. And Jesus even talks to him about uh, Jesus being the, the the head of the church and what he's building on. But he addresses Peter uh, in regard in regard to that, and you know, so you know we've already gone through that. But anyway. Um, so Peter now realizes that he's blown it. He's messed up. And, you know, if you're saved, that's how sin ought to impact you. And, and it's important to point that out here because in a, just a few verses in the next chapter, we're going to see how Judas, of course, betrayed Christ and then his response. And, you know, his response is a response of a lost man. Peter realizes that under his own power, he's nothing. And so he goes out and weeps. There's a, there's a repentant heart here in play. You know, there's repentance that's taking place. Peter's dealing with the fact that he, he needs to submit his life to Jesus Christ. He needs to be more, more surrendered than he is. Judas later does not do that, but Peter does. So as Christians, as we, you know, as we face life and we face the trials that God has in store for us, they're there to strengthen us and make us better servants of His and to prepare us for what lies ahead. And we've all gone through these things. And if you haven't, you will, if you're serious about serving God. And if you really want God to do something with your life the way He's fixing to do here with Peter. So... Finally finished chapter 26.
We'll pick up in chapter 27 next time we come together. Hope you continue to enjoy it. Goodbye and God bless.